0: Welcome to the Cut for Time podcast here at the Canton United Methodist Church. My name is Pastor Clay, and I have a special guest back again on the podcast, uh, Pastor Stephanie Schneider uh, from Village Baptist and First Baptist uh, in upstate New York. Um, We had Stephanie on a couple weeks ago uh, at the start of Advent, and now as we are looking at the end of Advent and then beyond, uh, decided to have Pastor Steph back on. Also, Eric is on a work trip, and so he is in Montana and not wanting to record a podcast. Crazy, right? So... Uh, glad to have Pastor Steph with us, uh, just to catch back up, uh, reintroduce us to you. How did it all go for you at your churches during Advent and Christmas Eve?
1: So I'm Stephanie Schneider, as Clay said, and I serve Village Baptist Church in Fort Edward, New York, in First Baptist Church in Glens Falls, New York. Up in the, We're at the base of the Adirondacks, so beautiful mountains just right there. I, I have a partner who I have been officially dating together with for eight years as of yesterday. Nice. Uh, right? We started dating, seeing each other, not dating yet. We agreed to think about maybe thinking about this thing. <laughs> uh, and then two boys, we have a dog named Bruce and uh, a new house. So yeah. we were talking about moving in and we are, you are in my office. It's and all the boxes galore so
0: all the boxes boxes the joy Uh, of moving yeah
1: so christmas eve went well we uh because i preached two churches and did sunday morning and christmas eve i preached four services on chris on the 24th of december so but i also had done a blue christmas service on that wednesday so um yeah, it, five times that week, and it was—they were good. I had more opportunity in that one service to have beautiful, transformational prayer with individuals mm. that had lost somebody or had a big thing in the last several years. That it was gorgeous. Like it was. This was. It was so good this year.
0: So, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Blue Christmas is that service for people that have either lost somebody or just for whom the holiday season is a hard time because we admit that it's a lot about the hustle and the bustle and the holly and the jolly and the songs and the lights. And that is hard for some people. Um, And just, you know, I I appreciate that you provided space for people that needed that blue Christmas service because those that really need it, need it. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, we have people who have lost somebody, uh, one who has a sibling in jail, and so won't be there at Christmas. Um, children or siblings with addictions that make Christmas really hard. So having space for that prior to um, actually being face to face with them and being able to like let God speak into those spaces and what that is. So it was really, really, really nice. Yeah. Awesome. How was Christmas Eve for you in, in Canton?
0: Yeah, Christmas Eve was great. Um, you know, we had Sunday morning at 10 o'clock, which was a little bit, um, you know, it was a lighter crowd, which I kind of anticipated that being. Um, but we did yeah. do Advent 4 and then Christmas Eve because, you know church nerd um but yeah we uh we we did love sunday on the start of at the start of the service at the start of the day rather um Mm -hmm. and then we did we did end that we did end that service with candlelight um just you know the spreading of the love of christ as the light in the room spread um and then we turned around into christmas eve and we had services at five and seven um and uh yeah that really went well and Good size services and just an impactful moment of acknowledging that there is darkness in the world. Uh, that we know that we know that there's darkness. We know, um, we know where darkness comes from and how it spreads. And um, but we also know light. Now uh, we know the great light in Jesus, and we know how to spread that light um, because that light has to spread um, to to meet the darkness of our world. So yeah, it all went really well. I mean, we had some moving parts that we didn't didn't necessarily know how they were going to go, but you know have a lot of really great volunteers kind of step up, and we we did it all, so yeah, it went great
1: absolutely um, so you, you preach transformative love in that wondrous light um, what got left
0: out what do you what what are you most proud of in those sermons and what got left out? Sure. Uh, we made Facebook really mad on Christmas Eve morning um, because I used a clip of a song from the Gaithers. Um, I talked about uh, the song, The Baptism of Jesse Taylor, which tells about just how much of a difference the love of Jesus Christ can make in someone's life. Um, yeah, we got uh, we got uh, Facebook was not happy with us, but um that's how it goes. It was not under our CCli, so we had to edit the video and do the things. But it's it's okay. It's uh, muted in some areas, which is you know the right of the resp- of the copyright holder, and that's fine. But um, yeah, just I would say the thing I was proudest of, what of the, especially in that sermon of the the transformational love sermon. Um, really was that tie into Jesse Taylor's life and like, you know, just this fictional story can, can be such an impactful story, um, you know, because there's such a relatability to it because we all know, you know, those prodigal folk that have you know lived a life that has been tr- really, truly transformed by the gospel. Um, you know, it's what you know. our seminary professor, uh, Gary Strickland, talked about crossing over into the waters of salvation. Uh, there are some people that cross over at the narrow part of the stream, which is definitely my part of the story. But there are people that had to really be, you know, that had their lives completely transformed because salvation was a very, very, you know, a very wide gap between, you know, this life and, 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 and a previous way of doing life. And so, um, yeah, just, you know, that, that acknowledgement that, 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 that God's love is that powerful, that the love that's made known in Jesus is that powerful. And Jesus exhibited that throughout his life in ministry as well with people that were, you know, but deemed by the world as those that were unlovable, um, and then loving them and then, you know, challenging other people to say, Hey, this is who we're loving. This is what we're doing, you know, and so and letting that transformation really happen. So,
1: um, yeah, I I think you had given me that song "Baptism of Jesse Taylor" for a sermon idea a long time ago. So, I, yeah, I knew when when it went up that it would be an issue because I I did that myself, <laughs> put nice. myself in jail uh please last year a while ago it happens it does yeah Uh, Yeah. and then the
0: christmas eve service the wondrous light did you uh i think i knew the reality of what i was facing at both of those services so there's not a lot that i cut because i intentionally wrote shorter um Mm -hmm. you know just just knowing that you know christmas eve he really doesn't really afford the opportunity to go super far over time before people are like, this is what, this is not what we were here for. It's one of the things I didn't necessarily cut, but, but but kind of could have included, but didn't, um, is that there's just a story of darkness that's happening right now. Um, you know, there's a, well, there's a lot of stories of darkness that are happening right now. Um, but just on that Christmas Eve morning, there was a teenager in, in, um, Vermillion that had passed away. Um, you know, and we didn't we didn't know a lot of the details about that. Um, and so I didn't really feel comfortable including that. It felt like it felt too much like leading from wounds rather than than from scars, uh, you know, things that are currently ongoing and, and hurting. Um, but, you know, we just we don't have to look very far to see darkness. And on that day, all we had to do was look down the road. Um, you know, but there's also wars happening across our world and other tragedies and other things that we're not even talking about that that are that, that, that prove that there is darkness in the world and that darkness can seem so powerful. Um, but yet we have the story of the, of the light of Christ. And not only do we have the story of the light of Christ, we have the opportunity to become light um, in the midst of darkness, um, as we are made in, in God's image and and called according to God's purposes.
1: My my favorite analogy on Christmas Eve with that light, um, the idea of like Christ and light uh, has like think about stained glass windows. I don't know. I can't remember your church if you have stained glass mm-hmm. windows. We do. Uh, but but if you think about like if you're standing outside the church, the light pours into the darkness. Mm-hmm. But if you're inside the church, darkness does not pour into the light. And so, how are we? Uh, as we we think about like the candles that we light at christmas eve being that like that light pouring out of us as christians as part of who our lives as children of god that that light just pours out of us into the dark places Mm -hmm. and we don't let that darkness like if we hold on to that light that darkness doesn't get to shine in right it's 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 an armor thing that like light is an armor Mm. so that they and it's baptist me get me go preaching and, oh no sorry. that was no, not my, you you are always welcome to preach on this christmas podcast so.
0: what's I say that again
1: i was not in my christmas eve
0: sermon but uh, oh
1: that that's my Thanks. favorite analogy to use and the reason i didn't use it is because i use it like it twice a year mm. for other reasons and people remind me of that analogy they're like you always say this one because <laughs> it's a good one <laughs> yeah
0: it is i do, i do not disagree yeah yeah no it's interesting in our in our church we have the ability to like really if if i were to use that we would have the ability to really illustrate that because um we our original building was built in 1968 um, and we have stained glass windows in the sanctuary, but we added on in nineteen ninety five an entire another wing of the building, and so mm-hmm. we have to turn the sunlight on on a couple of our stained glass windows, otherwise they look really, really weird next to the ones where the light's actually shining in so
1: but even that, like the darkness is not shining in on the right. like yeah. it just not like, permeate into the light
0: definitely, yeah, definitely. So.
1: And then you, so we did that. And then you took vacation.
0: I did. It was awesome. So had a week off from preaching and I was able to head down to Florida with my family. Uh, Pastor Steve uh, did a great job um, kind of setting myself, setting up what's going to be happening next here in the life of the church. Um, you know, we were, we're starting a new message series on Sunday uh, about prayer. Um, and so Steve talked about um, prayer, uh, just, you know, how important it is to be in prayer. And like Paul tells the, you know, the church uh, in Thessalonica to pray constantly, um, to never to never not be in prayer. Um, and you just, you know, um, why don't we pray like that is what's his kind of his big point of just, you know, we're, we have these instructions and we have a model of prayer given to us by Jesus. And yet we, you know, sometimes see prayer as a last resort or a, you know, a thing that we just kind of, yeah, we probably should do that, but we never do. And so, um, and that will launch us into the Lord's Prayer Sermon series, which is starting on this Sunday here in the life of our church. Yeah. I'm I'm very excited about the Lord's Prayer because I always
1: uh Yeah, I, I think there's a reminder anytime we do the you know, a slowed down version of the Lord's Prayer where it, prayer can become so rote, which mm-hmm. is what we do every Sunday. We pray this prayer, but also it can be so It allows us to transcend into the spirit, um, spirit realm, mm-hmm. in which um, that routine sets us in for intentionality with God. Mm. Um, yeah. So it can go both ways. Like, but right. whenever we talk about it, I think, at least for me, it takes me from just rotely saying it to intentionally mm-hmm. saying it.
0: Yes. Yeah, those are those are very different things. And one of the things that can lead us to uh, that intentionality is looking at what what are we actually saying when we say these words, you know, the whole premise of the sermon series is is that um, just, you know, there's this prayer that we say because like, you know, we have a lot of really great ecumenical relationships here in the life of the Canton church. Um, and beyond, like our ministerial association. Every time we meet together, we end with a time of prayer where we share our joys and concerns, and then our president leads us in a moment of prayer, and then we close with the Lord's Prayer. Or like here in the life of our church, we have a Bible study that has a bunch of people from a lot of different churches in town, and that's one of the things that they do, is they close with the words of the Lord's Prayer, because it is just this common language. It's not the United Methodist Prayer. It's not the Baptist prayer—it's not the the ELC Lutheran prayer. It is the Lord's prayer, and it's something that we can all come together and come around, even and even if we get caught up in the tra- in the differences between transgressions and sins and debts, whatever other word you can throw in that little spot. It still is a common language that we can all speak, a common prayer that we can all speak and be in prayer and acknowledge our larger connection, not just in our denominational identities, but our larger connection as Christians, as people who are looking after the example of Jesus. And so when Jesus says, pray this way, you know, that's how we're supposed to pray. So, Yeah
1: yeah and all all of the simplicity and deepness of that oh gosh yes yep so i mean i'm i'm really excited that you're going to unpack that remind me you are planning also a bible study with this mm-hmm. coming up when does that start and what does that look like cuz you're looking at prayer
0: this year we are yeah um so that is going to be starting on this sunday as well um there are sessions <laughs> of it on sunday morning after worship uh, Tuesdays at noon, and then Wednesdays after our Chi Alpha. So Chi Alpha gets done around 7.15, so at 7.30, uh, in our, and th- all those will be happening in the library at the church. Um, but all those sessions will be around this book, Dynamite Prayer, uh, by uh, Roz Picardo and Sue Nielsen Kibbe. Um, Sue Nielsen Kibbe uh, is a longtime friend of our conference. Um, she now is the director of the Bishop Bruce O. Innovation Center at United Theological Seminary. Um, and if you uh, might and might- recognize that name because Bishop O is the bishop that ordained me um yep, you know he served our conference from 2012 to 2020 um, and then just kind of halfway through his alma mater uh, dedicated this uh this Innovation Center to him and and, and then um, named Sue Nilen Kibby uh, as the director of that and so she's been doing a lot of stuff around our conference for a long time. Uh, she come. She has come and done several breakthrough prayer trainings. That's kind of her big, um, bi- her big uh, contribution uh, to the life of the church is breakthrough prayer of this idea of what does it mean for us as a congregation to come together around one prayer um, for a time, for a season. And like, you know, um, so we're going to be working on writing breakthrough prayers together through this dynamite prayer study. Um, and, uh, and then just, you know, launching forward into a prayer ministry for the life of our church as well. So, um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. It's going to be, you know, um, part Bible study, part just, you know, Uh, a space and a forum to share what God's up to in the midst of our readings. Um, You know, there it's not going to be like the, the first session is going to be the most, like the most, teaching that I do because you have to lay that groundwork that I have to lay that foundation of just, this is why we're doing what we're doing and this is where it comes from. This is where they were going to ground it in scripture because it is grounded in scripture. Um, And then just, you know, the rest of it will be very much more lab experience of just like, we are going to take one of the days and we're going to walk through it together and read through it together and then pray through it together um, as, as a way of guiding our conversation and just have that, that time and space to share what God's really up to in our lives, um, because I think the God is up to something. So. Yeah.
1: Certainly. Yeah. Certainly. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That sounds wonderful. And then, and then it's Lent.
0: And then it's, it's Lent. It's you're doing the series, and then it's Lent, and then it's Lent. Yes, which is also going to be heavily emphasizing prayer um, and uh, looking specifically at the book of at the book of Psalms, or <laughs> me looking at the uh, at the, at prayer in the book of Psalms through uh, through Lent, and just the way that the book of Psalms kind of connects us to and gives us language again, giving giving us language for how we can and should address God, because the book of Psalms is, is such a there's such a depth there. Of language and it's all inbound it's all okay it's not all pretty it's i mean the we 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 hear the book of psalms and we think of psalm 23 and like that's you know just this flowing language of picturesque scenes where god is you know leading us and guiding us but there's also psalms where where david and the other speakers are like god what in the world is going on like this sucks are you kidding me you know that's the Pastor Clay version of what the Book of Psalms yeah. says, but it's there. You know,
1: unless they dash their children's heads against the stone, I, right? right. Like angry and yeah,
0: heads yeah.
1: against stones. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The Psalms has some some serious language <laughs> mm-hmm. for us and for that time. So right. it, yeah, yeah. I, I think that's. I think sometimes in prayer, we want these flowy, beautiful words and we think, oh, I can't pray because dang it. I just want to swear in the middle of my praying and we don't think that God can honor that. But I think when we're, we're honest about where we are, that's what God wants it from us, right? Is this yeah. vulnerable place, um, not the perfect, perfect, perfected place. Mm-hmm.
0: I read a lot of stuff from Brene Brown. I'm a big Brene Brown fan. One of the things that she says in rising strong as a spiritual practice is that she is a PG prayer. um, And as an Episcopalian, she's talked to her priest about it and her, her priest is cool with it. So if we need to be PG prayers, it's going to be okay. You know? Yeah. Yep. I need to go back to that book. I hadn't even,
1: yeah, it's I'll find it as I unpack my (laughs) bookshelves. Yep, but yeah, yeah. yeah, just that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I want I want God to hear what I have, not not. And I think this is where sometimes that breakthrough prayer, where people feel like they're really connected to God, switches, is when I am praying what I think God wants God to hear, like. I'm going to say what I think God wants me to he- say. Right. Breakthrough happens when I say what's really on my mind, right? Like that prayer becomes this conversation, good and bad, hard, um, lovely, all of the things, but it's the, like, when I, when I transform it into what it really, what I'm really feeling and not, not what I think God wants me to say. Yeah,
0: for sure.
1: I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited about what you're doing. I'm excited to learn with you as well. To, you know, I, I use Canton, Canton Church Services as my devotional uh, each week as I, I drive my son to preschool and just as a way to clear my space in my brain. Um, sure. Pastors need pastors, too. So thank you for Absolutely. being one of the people that speaks into my life.
0: And that. and and the the feeling is mutual because um, I tune into uh, to both Village Baptist and First Baptist on a on a weekly basis too. So, yep,
1: yeah, isn't it funny how they're sometimes very different?
0: <laughs> yeah, for sure. Like even like even during the Advent series, like we're we're working from a lot of the same material. But also, you know, God is igniting different things, and we we, we just are different people, and that's okay. You know, mm-hmm. we're still both very faithful to the text, don't get me wrong. I don't think you're a heretic, because, you know.
1: <laughs> that's my greatest fear is to be a heretic.
0: Same, same.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, and sometimes, like, we're going in the same line, and I'm like, oh, I want to steal those words from Clay's sermon as I've read it while I'm still writing mine. And uh, so sometimes that does happen, but yeah, it was amazing how like I would write it very separately and like, well, huh, that was not the same place that Clay went, (laughs) but that's okay. Cause we're faithful to the text, but we're also faithful to the congregations and the callings that we serve.
0: Absolutely.
1: Uh, You know, what's, what's good for upstate New York usually is good for the Midwest and vice versa, but but we have different, you know, we're in a very post-Christian uh, culture. Um, mm. You know, most of my people, the people that are in the church for the most part are what's left from third or fourth generation. You know, they, they come because their grandparents came. Sure. There are, but everybody else is three or four generations removed from church. It's not like, Oh yeah, I came with my parents. no, their parents didn't come, nor did their grandparents come. It was their great-grandparents came. And so having conversations for generations. Oh. Huh. Yeah. We're a very different world. So yeah, i preaching to this so interesting. Dichotomy of culture from what I grew up in. Yeah. Yeah. So oh, sometimes that's where I go. Also, I have two different congregations. I have a very, like, traditional congregation and one that I- will heckle me in the middle of the church service. So.
0: <laughs> Yeah. So what does 2024 hold for your churches, Steph?
1: Um, So I have been uh, sitting with a theme of growing deeper. Mm. Um, And so I really have kind of looked at um, um, where I'm going throughout the whole year. But um, the idea of how, how do I even grow my faith? What does that look like? Um, How does my faith enter deeper into my life? How does it um, penetrate into my finances and relationships and things like that? Uh, And then how can I move out into deeper waters of faith? Um, I've had a lot of questions from my churches around that. You know, I don't want the, the analogy of like a mile wide and an inch deep comes to mind and I want to really focus on how do we have, you know, whatever wide and a mile deep um, faith. Um, talking about being rooted and grounded in love. So this week I'm preaching on a post-it note sermon I did
0: back in seminary, so 12 years
1: ago. Um,
0: a so se- a sermon I remember from seminary. A sermon
1: <laughs> you remember. Uh, so yeah, Ephesians 3, 18 and 19. Um, and I'm, I'm tweaking it a little bit and then using it as a series for the neck up until um, or through the season of, of Epiphany. Uh, so it's uh, talking about the overall love of Christ being rooted, uh, being established, uh, being filled to the full based on that. And then um, how wide, long, high and deep. Ultimately, um, experiencing a deeper love of Christ um, and how to grow deeper into that, and then over Lent, we're gonna, um, we're gonna do a series that actually, Working Preacher, which is a Lutheran ELCA um, out of Luther Seminary um, kind of thing, they had actually started this with Epiphany, and as I was talking with you and Mariah about, like, this theme, and I googled it, and went, well, they're doing this theme for Epiphany, <laughs> and so I'm gonna do it for Lent, yeah. um, but it's- About, um, loving God and loving our neighbor in deeper ways. Um, based on, um, the, the, uh, Mark 12 text, where it talks about, um, loving the Lord, your God with all your mind, body, mind, mind, spirit, body, uh, and love your neighbor as yourself. Mm -hmm. Uh, So doing each of those. So mind, body, spirit, your comfortable neighbor and your uncomfortable neighbor. Ooh, right. Like it leads up Ooh. into that, this deeper life and deeper love that we can have. So um, I'm, I'm looking forward to developing that a little bit more. Yeah. Um, and then post Easter, I'm going to uh, look at some character stories. So starting with um, Peter getting out of the boat into the deep water, um, where are times that uh, Bible Bible characters individual mm-hmm. characters have had deeper faith. Yeah. Um, they God has stretched and grown them. Um, and nice. so we'll be a bunch of those post Easter. Nice. Uh, another unknown thing is um, two years ago, I had a um, cadaver transplant for my knee. Right. Uh, and my graft has failed. And so I am back on, or I'll be back on the transplant list. Which averages about three months of being on the transplant list. So my first surgery is uh, the thirtieth of January. That one won't require crutches, but the transplant may require three months non-weight bearing. You know, with a toddler and an infant that's attempting really hard to stand up. Cool, Cool. In a house with stairs. (laughs) So, so I have these ideas drawn out but there's going to be a point where i miss a few sundays because um mm. i just know the extent of this knee surgery last time i needed to be on narcotics for a few weeks yeah uh, because the way this tissue grows you can't be on NSAIDs so yeah so that's coming up um i'm also in july lord willing and knee willing um headed to liberia to help start oh, cool. an orphanage uh, in Liberia, when I lived in Sioux Falls, um, it is called the Children Rescue International, and uh, we started this orphanage, and then which has 37 students in its care, and then we have expanded. We have school, and this is their first graduating class, and the child I sponsor is graduating. And Aww. they asked about I would come hand out diplomas, so I'm excited cool. um, about what's coming up in 2024. Yeah! Wow and just yeah so so some personal things that make it a little shaky right I'm also yeah. really excited about faith wise going deeper growing deeper growing deeper with my churches mm-hmm. um, um and then yeah yeah what that looks like and i'm very excited to return to liberia it's been
0: seven years since i was there okay well, thanks for joining uh, me for this conversation, Pastor Steph. Always good to have a time to hang out with you and just you know, hear more about what's going on in your churches and just bring some insights to uh, to the sermons we preach. Thanks for doing Advent with me. I'm um, looking forward to, we don't have anything right on the books right yet, but, you know, maybe we'll stay in touch about what 2024 holds here in the life of our church. And, um, you know.
1: Who knows? Well, maybe we'll, you know, what you preach with this uh, deeper prayer, Uh we i steal later on and you steal something else
0: from me uh-huh we yep. might just
1: switch those up later on
0: in that can effect. sure be a thing that happens it could happen I, definitely
1: i appreciate this podcast and the way you you lead and look
0: forward to hearing
1: uh hearing these sermons this year yeah so looking you. forward yeah
0: well, thanks for joining us in this conversation of the Cut for Time. Or this episode of the Cut for Time podcast. Um, be sure to tune in to worship uh, here at the Canton United Methodist Church at ten o'clock on Sunday, um, or you can join uh, Village Baptist and First Baptist at what time again? Eastern time.
1: Eastern uh, First Baptist is at nine thirty a.m., which is eight thirty your time, and Village Baptist is at eleven fifteen,
0: ten fifteen your time. All right. Or join Eric and I for the podcast next week.